From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CogCast. The city of Eastvale is one of the newest cities in Western Riverside County, incorporated in 2010. Since then, the city has become home to more than 73,000 residents, making it one of the fastest growing cities in California. Over the past year, cities across the nation faced various challenges related to the spread of COVID-19, and today, we have the opportunity to sit down with Brian Jones, City Manager for the City of Eastvale, to talk about how the city responded to these challenges and continues to look forward to a brighter future. So Brian, thank you so much for being here with us today. And thank you for having me on here. Awesome. Well, can you start us off by just sharing a bit about yourself? Well, my name is Brian Jones, and I'm the city manager for the city of Eastvale, uh, California, the second youngest city. And um, yeah, my background a little bit is I, I came up through engineering and public works and transportation and planning and and economic development in, in local governments mm-hmm. and private. And so I've gone back and forth a little bit uh, between the two, uh, the both public sector and the private sector and got to work almost throughout most of California. I've worked in the Bay Area, Sacramento, Central Valley, and Southern California. Um, And so it's been neat to see how different regions and different cities are handling uh, different challenges and obstacles that are thrown at them, turn into opportunities. And that's, um, I'm a professional engineer as well as AICP. uh, um, I'm pretty proud of both of those uh, um, uh, and uh, bridging the gap and building a bridge between those two often siloed profession. So it's mm-hmm. it, with a re, with a result on creating great communities. And, and that's uh, uh, a, a lot of fun for me. Yeah, definitely. So um, what is one thing maybe that most people don't know about you? I'm a farmer. Uh, oh. I grow gra- <laughs> I, I grow grapes uh, 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 and uh, um, and uh, make wine. So um, that's something that uh, we do. On, we live on a uh, on a, a vineyard, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, um, but it's very rewarding to see the fruits of your labor uh, turn into something over time, and uh, deal with the challenges that Mother Nature throws at you every year. So that's super fun. So, did you grow up doing that, or is this something that you have just learned kind of as you go? Farming's been in my family history, but I grew up in the suburbs or of a city in in Stockton, California, in Northern California. Mm-hmm. When I was, um, and then when we moved out, my wife and I moved down here. We eventually bought a, a a property with a vineyard on it, and then we expanded the vineyard. And uh, it's it's we grow Syrah, Refosco, and Cabernet Sauvignon. Wow, a few of my favorites. Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could talk about wine all day, but I want to jump more into the conversation about the city of Eastville. So um, sure. can you provide maybe just a brief overview, give people a lay of the land of the city of Eastvale? So Eastvale is the most northwest city in Riverside County. Uh, um, we are the second youngest city in the county and the second youngest city in the state of California uh, behind Rupa Valley. And uh, we were incorporated October 10th of 2010. And we're about 73,000 people. We'll know more when the 
2020 census uh, comes to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, most of our city was master, or not, not really master plan, but subdivided uh, through Riverside County. And uh, then we created a general plan and, and started planning our city early on in, in 2012, 2013. And we also have this really cool master plan for a Leal downtown, uh, from the Leal Dairy, which is 160 acres, to turn that into a downtown and a destination mm. uh, with, with mixed use residential, commercial, office, um, and, and create a, a neat location and place for people to gather in uh, Western Riverside and, and San Bernardino counties. And so um, it, we're centrally located. We're surrounded by Chino, Ontario, Harupa Valley, Norco, and Corona. So, um, and two of our borders are on San, on San Bernardino County. So, um, and we're real close uh, to the Ontario International Airport. Mm-hmm. And we have the largest Amazon fulfillment center in the world and the most technologically advanced uh, Amazon fulfillment center in the world right here in Eastville. And so if you order packages from Amazon and you live in this area, you're probably most likely getting them from, uh, you could be getting them from our Amazon fulfillment center. Very cool. Well, that's pretty neat. I like what you said about creating a destination of place. And so I w- we'll definitely talk about the, that a little bit later. Um, but I did want to kind of jump back to what you were saying about your background and kind of how you got to becoming the um, city manager for Eastvale. So you have your, um, it sounds like planning and engineering background, welding those together. What does that look like for you as city manager? There's people, place, and prosperity of a city. And, and if you look at the, if you break it down, you have to create a place for people to be prosperous, but you also need to create a city that's prosperous to provide the services to the people and to create the places. And so they're all interwoven. And so understanding with the best practices of planning and engineering, um, designing roadways, uh, building homes, uh, housing issues, um, economic development, attracting businesses for jobs and services, um, you know, like when I started here, we were known for drive-throughs, fast food, pizza, and Starbucks. Uh, um, and so we had to diversify our, our mm-hmm. food choices and options for our residents. And that's been one, been one of our focuses. But so it's really understanding what are the issues and challenges in the community? And then how do you turn those obstacles into opportunities? Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, well, you know, with my last couple of decades in both the public and private sector working in communities throughout California and the nation, we've, we've really helped work on how do we create a more sustainable, thriving place for people to connect and prosper um, and build great communities. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of little interest intricacies. And if you overdo like when a, a strength overdone becomes a weakness. So some cities are really strong in one area, but really weak in another area. And so it's about diversifying your revenue sources um, so that when one gets hit, uh, you have another one to rely on uh, because, as we know, the economy is cyclical and every 10 years or so it, it, it goes up and down. And and so um, and this pandemic attacked a, a, a part of our economy that most cities thought were pretty uh, solvent mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and um, with car sales and transit occupancy tax for tourism destinations and, and whatnot. And so um, we saw 
you know, uh, some changes in how p- businesses are being done as a result of it. And it's neat to see people adapt. Um, that's what really engineering and planning is all about. It's about adapting and providing for a, a place for people. And and because community, and in Eastvale, we kind of, we focus on unity within the community, but a, a community is all about people. Mm-hmm. And so you have to create a place for people uh, you have to p- create a place that attracts people, that people want to spend money, uh, uh, that people want to work and live and play and stay overnight. And uh, um, and um, and people, by their psychological, uh, they 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 f- they feel things, they think things, they they do things, and then they say things. And and so when you you always want to create feelings that allow people to think and then do and say. Uh, because then it's like uh, creating a customer uh, and a, a customer experience, and so uh, um, uh, you want you want people to experience your community and, and, and feel your community and, and think about your community, um, and so that when um, your significant other says, "Where do you want to go out for dinner tonight?" you say, "I want to go to Eastvale," mm-hmm. uh, um, because I've heard something about Eastvale or something like that. And, mm-hmm. Um, and I want to go see what it's all about, right? And so, uh, and explore Eastville and, and engage Eastville. Those those are fun. We 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 do a lot of alliterations in Eastville. So explore Eastville, engage Eastville, elevate Eastville, and then we have a a, a fun saying: exceeding Eastville's expectations every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that alliteration is a little daunting for some people because exceeding everybody's expectations is is a um, is a, a task that will never be ever accomplished, right? It's, it's impossible to uh, appease 100% of the people. However, uh, some days we win, some days we learn, but we're always giving and trying our best. And I think that's all you can ask of, of a government agency is that we're giving and trying our best to exceed your expectations. Mm-hmm. And we right when we win and we learn when we don't. <laughs> so that we can win the next day. And, and if we're always trying to improve and better ourselves uh, um, and not stay with the status quo or stagnant, um, that, that helps uh, iron sharpen iron, so to speak, in, in local governments. And it's neat to see our team here at City Hall and with our city council and with the community, we're always sharpening each other, right? And so a lot of times people think, well, tension's a bad thing. No, tension just allows us to be better. Um, and, and so, um, it's about managing that tension and 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 elevating that tension and and harnessing that tension for good mm-hmm. uh, than bad. And so we say we have three V's. You can be a victor, you can be a villain, or you can be a victim. And always choose to be a victor. And so and by doing that, you have to look at obstacles and turn them into opportunities. And so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about harnessing that tension internally, maybe between city city council or just those decision make- makers in, in the city, and then also providing that beneficial and positive customer experience to constituents, residents, businesses, whoever it might be coming through City Hall's doors. Yes, that's definitely true. So. So you mentioned a little bit ago, you, you, we talked about COVID, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, how has COVID-19 impacted the city um, within the, over the last year and change? Um, well, 
we, we knew we had to successfully balance the priority of following important health guidelines and, and safety precautions. And those were changing some days on an hourly, minute by minute. <laughs> it, just, uh, it kind of slowed down a little bit, uh, but as well as supporting businesses and residents' safety uh, to remain open and staying accessible to the public and our residents and encouraging a healthy mindset uh, for our residents through the uh, through uniting uh, the community. And, and that's where over this last year, we really focused on unity within the community uh, because that word is part of community. Um, and we had the opportunity to do that with the um, Black Lives Matter protests that happened in our city and have the conversations. You know, we're a city that has 10% black population and 10% uh, law enforcement, public safety uh, population. And so the really cool thing is you could step out your front door and you could look to your left and you could look to your right. And you probably had somebody that was black as a neighbor, as, as well as somebody that was in law enforcement as a neighbor. And you could have those conversations to seek to understand one another uh, rather than just seek to be understood. And, and I think that's something that we're really working on in our community. Um, but the, the response during COVID-19, I can remember it was Friday, March 13th. So it was Friday the 13th, President of the United States, it was around noontime. We were doing a, a leadership training for our executive management team uh, that Friday. And our day, it, it's our Friday off that. And so we, we all came back in and did leader, a leadership training. So it was the irony that the president declared a national emergency while we were doing a leadership training, but it, it, it doesn't fall on us. But within 48 hours of the COVID lockdowns, we developed a virtual city hall. City council and commission meetings immediately went virtual and we started live streaming meetings. And, and you have to understand a lot of our technology was uh, paper and pencil and homing pigeons and smoke signals before that. <laughs> uh, being a young entrepreneurial city, uh, we were just starting off. And so we didn't have all those established technologies, uh, but it was, it was one day uh, we needed laptops for people to work from home and and so we went to Costco and, and, and invested in that right here in our community with Costco and bought laptops. So our, our, our employees, when we were doing the original 14-day flatten the curve, um, which turned into a year flatten the curve. But uh, um, uh, when we did that, uh, we, we had to get technology so that our employees could do that. And so it was really neat to see our our entire management team just step up to the challenge and then and lead as well as all of the team here at City Hall um, really focus on serving our our residents and businesses. And we, we, we made all decisions based on three primary things. One was the employee's health. One was the employee's financial well-being. And the, and the third was serving our community. And it was in no particular order. Um, but all of our decisions during COVID were based on those things of making sure our employees were healthy, making sure our employees were being paid, uh, um, and and making sure that our resident our residents and businesses were able to be open and, and serve them. And um, and so we worked really hard on that. And it was, uh, you know, instead of canceling events, we moved towards hosting uh, events, uh, virtual events with our 2020 State of the City, our Veterans Day and our 9-11 ceremonies. And so we did so that people could participate virtually um, and, and give somebody uh, hope um, and excitement and something to look forward to. Um, so that was that was kind of neat how we 
handle COVID-19. And how did COVID-19 impact like the business community? Because I know that that's something that you've talked about is what it looks like to have a diversified portfolio. Um, Did you see growth with businesses or did you see, tell me about that. Well, so when COVID initially happened, we were projecting about a $1.7 million deficit of of our general fund budget. Mm -hmm. And our council moved swiftly to make some cuts so that we could address uh, that deficit. Uh, um, and we we didn't put our heads in the sand and hope COVID was going to go away. We actually said, look, how do we react right now to put our city in the best position? Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, we unfortunately had to do a few layoffs uh, um, and we had to uh, make some cuts in some services uh, initially. And But, you know, it turns out as a result of our residents staying home, buying local, shopping local and supporting our businesses, um, we ended ended the year with a three point six million dollars surplus, wow. which we're which we're really proud about. Uh, um, and, and so, um, and, and it was the quick action of council uh, to act um, and and request that we act. Um, but we, uh, it was about in May that we started bringing staff back to city hall, and we did it on an A and B shift so we could do social distancing, uh, um, and. Uh, you know, we're about ready to go back uh, to almost a full op, uh, staff model now. Um, but we never stopped operations and services for our residents. So you could do those operations and services virtually, or you could come into City Hall. And so we had walk-in uh, available in the morning, appointments in the afternoon, um, and we continued to serve. And I think our solar permits quadrupled. Uh, every week uh, last year, it was unbelievable how many solar permits were installed in our our community. And then our pool permits quadrupled. Uh, um, I, I think people were trying to create backyard oasises for their kids since they were <laughs> school and, and needed to run off some energy since sports programs weren't open and and to really create a healthy lifestyle for their kids and so and probably for their parents to get a little bit of a break. Uh, um, and so we saw a lot of investment in our community, both by the residents as well as um, by um, 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 businesses. And so we we saw developers start constructing new businesses, new, uh, new buildings, uh, break ground on new buildings, break net on new shopping centers. And so we saw, and then we did a lot of ribbon cuttings last year. And, and so, and we focused on continuing to attract and recruit businesses. And so we have a strong lineup of businesses that are gonna be signing leases in the very near future. They've already have letters of intent. And then um, we're gonna have a lot of ribbon cuttings this year. I think we have on the books somewhere on the order of about 20 businesses that are gonna be opening in the next six to seven, eight months. Wow. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of tenant improvements, a lot of construction. Uh, a, a lot of investment going on in our community. And and we, we like to think that this is about elevating Eastville, so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a 3.6 million surplus, that's definitely something to be very proud of considering where we started at the beginning of the fiscal year. Yes, we're very proud of that, so. It sounds like there's a lot of momentum going forward with the city of Eastville with all of the improvements and just community um, I guess just the yeah, momentum and progress that's pushing forward. What do you foresee as maybe a challenge that could inhibit the city's progress? 
Um, or see, you know, probably meeting our arena numbers. We have some of the highest arena numbers and that's the uh, attainable housing numbers uh, in, in um, so those numbers that were adopted by SCAG, they're pretty high for our community, um, but we're working on our Eastville 2040 general plan to identify how we can accomplish those. Uh, and then just completing some of our roadway segments. Um, so traffic congestion, like Sumner and Sleishman intersection isn't done. Uh, um, we're, we're working on the Hamner bridge widening to Norco right now. And, and then we're designing the Limonite bridge extension between the city of Eastville and Chino to connect our residents and businesses. And then really just continuing to create stable revenue sources for our community. So I think those are some of the challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even with all those challenges, it still sounds like there's, there's, there's effort moving forward. There's progress moving forward too. It, that, that's you, you couldn't be um, it. Um, you couldn't be more spot on. We, we, we none of these, pri- you know, none of our priorities of economic development, focusing on inclusion and focusing on public safety have ever changed uh, um, because we created a strategic plan in 2018. We actually just updated it again in January of 2021. Uh, um, and we have pushed harder in all of these areas uh, during the past year and saw tremendous growth in economic development mm-hmm. and set new records for leases signed. Uh, and, and like I said, during this upcoming year, we have probably close to 20 businesses opening up at Hamner Place, the Merge, and the Station. So if you're not familiar with Eastville, we definitely encourage you to come out. Uh, we, we have some uh, amazing uh, shopping centers, and even the Eastville Gateway is bringing some new new businesses as well. That's really great to hear. I attended the State of the City for Eastville last year and the year before, and every time the opportunity to get to meet some of the business owners and the, the development that was happening, I was just blown away with how much was happening in in a small new, not you know, small in quotations, um, and but a thriving new city. Well, you know, our chamber is really strong in our community and we have a great partnership with our chamber. Um, so, uh, and, and our businesses are really involved. And I think what, you know, one of the exciting things was last, uh, no, uh, last when COVID first hit, we, we worked with our chamber to create a restaurant relief fund hmm. and we developers, residents, businesses all chipped into this restaurant relief fund. And then we put, we, so then we put that money into the restaurants that were closed and, and and in turn, they gave us gift certificates. So we gave you 2000 or $3,000 of cash and, and you gave us uh, gift certificates for that amount. And then we dispersed those to people in need or, or, or um, first responders or doctors or nurses or, or whoever the chamber, uh, you know, we had some fun competitions to keep people, uh, uh, health, a healthy mindset during last spring. And so, uh, but what it did was help the businesses with some cash when they needed it the most. And then when they opened back up, people had these 10, $25 gift certificates to go spend in those businesses. And, 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 you know, hopefully instead of just spending $10, they spent $20. And so there was an even, or somebody hadn't been to that new business yet and they went and tried it for the first time because they had a gift certificate. And so it really did a, a, a double whammy. But then the, the, the other cool thing is, is Eleanor Roosevelt High School in Eastville, our, our, we're a single high school town. We had a thousand graduates last year and some of the parents asked the council, 
can we do something? And so we reached out to the chamber and at the same time, Amazon donated a $10,000 check to the restaurant relief fund. And so we took that $10,000, we bought gift certificates and we gave each senior a $10 gift certificate from the chamber. And so it was really cool um, to help facilitate those uh, acts of giving. Uh, um, so we did the CARES Act uh, uh, grant program, which we gave, I think 27 of our businesses, 10 to $12,000. Um, and then we went door to door to our businesses with our business support program. And if you needed a restaurant with outdoor dining, we gave you a, a temporary permit, basically over the counter for free within 24 hours. So you, you could do outdoor dining. You know, a lot of cities were charging uh, uh, hundreds of dollars for those permits. And we said, well, and my team, one of our core values is kindness. So it's kindness, grit, and solutions driven with courageous, creative, and collaborative results. And um, my team said, we need to be kind. These businesses are already hurting. We'll take this on and we'll figure out how to get a permit and we'll help them design it. We'll help them comply with fire code, ADA, whatever they need so that they can be up and, and making a business. Because in Eastvale, we truly believe our business and resident success is our success. Mm -hmm. And so we measure our success based on their success, which is, you know, really the servant leadership mindset uh, that we employ. But really last year, one of the cool things that we did was uh, we, we developed our purpose and um, nothing unites a team better than a purpose. And our, our purpose was we champion experiences that engage, excite, and elevate our community with a focus on unity in the community. And we do it through our kindness, grit, and solutions driven. And everything we do, we look back to that purpose statement and those values. And are we showing kindness? Are we showing uh, solutions driven? Are we showing grit? And if you don't know what grit means, we I, I, um, Susan Duckworth has a great TEDx talks on, on grit, on perseverance and passion and, and public, public servants have to have perseverance and passion and, and really give their extra effort. Mm -hmm. And I, I love hearing all of these different like case studies of what it has looked like for your city to have this foundation of what is our purpose and how do we do that? And then hear about the really creative ways that your team has filled in some gaps in the city of whether that was celebrating high school students or trying to generate and encourage revenue spent at restaurants and local businesses. I think that that's, those are really amazing stories that are very creative and so out of the box, but really effective, it sounds like. Well, you know, we we don't even believe a box exists. And <laughs> so, so that that's, you know, we're not an outside the, you know, for other people, we think outside the box, but we don't have a box. And I think a lot of times governments start with a process. And and in Eastville, we, we start with our people, our talent, and we focus on performance. And, and then we back into the right process because, um, you know, too often, I think in local governments, we focus on a target and we develop a process so that we can hit that bullseye efficiently on that target at all times. But what happens if that target changes? And I'll give you a clue. It always changes. <laughs> uh, um, so what the process that you designed in the 1970s isn't applicable in the 1980s. It might not still be applicable in the 1990s, but sometimes in local governments, the same employee is working there and they have a, a pride of ownership of that process. And I think what we have to do is make sure we're having that feedback loop with our community and our businesses and, 
and our and our revenues and whatnot and making sure that we're still being effective. And so mm-hmm. I often say it's more important for local governments to make sure we're being effective first before we become efficient. Um, because And we always need to be making sure we're aiming at the right target because one person could say, well, I'm hitting a bullseye. And the community could be saying, well, you're not hitting the right bullseye and so you're because you're aiming at the wrong target and mm-hmm. so it, it's really important that as local governments that we have that community engagement and we created a community engagement platform uh, uh, for our our residents to to uh, really participate in called engage eastville and you can go online and 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 part, be part of the conversation and discussion but also our social media is second to none for a city our size. And, and we engage our community on social me- media, whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, um, Twitter, I think we even have. And, um, and so, um, you know, it's, it's really neat to see, you know, all the different inputs and feedbacks and the ways that you can engage your community. Um, and, um, and it's, you know, like we, this, this last year, we set all time records for some of our posts on social media. When we announced, uh, um, um, oh, uh, what's that new coffee place? Uh, uh, Dutch Bros. Thank you, Dutch Bros. Uh, um, uh, when we announced Dutch Bros, their executive senior vice president up in Oregon picked up the phone and called me and said, what the heck is going on in your city? You're going viral, right? And, and, and you're, you're, you're trending in Los Angeles County right now for months, right? Um, actually for, uh, um, um, for Dutch bros. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you're trending for Dutch bros. And how cool is that? We didn't even know you guys were going to receive us this well. Right. Um, and I think, um, you know, we, we, there was a joke in our community that we had the most Starbucks per capita uh, without another option. And this last year we opened up um, uh, East Brew Cafe, which is a, a mom and pop, uh, one of a kind uh, restaurant that has amazing food and coffees. And and, and now we have uh, Dutch Bros coming. And so, uh, and, and I think we even have Dunkin' Donuts on, on the way as well for coffee. So uh, we, we, we have uh, some new choices for coffee. And I think that's what we're really focusing on is providing choices and options for our residents because we identified a problem that we had $73 million in leakage in restaurant and beverage outside of our city. So our residents were leaving our community mm-hmm. and eating other places. And so we were sitting there going, wait, how do we create dining choices and food and beverage choices in our community so that when you want to go on a date night, you think East, you, you think East fell, not Oh, I go to Eastville for fast food or pizza or, or something like that, just solely, right? And so it wasn't, we don't want fast food or pizza. We need to provide choices and options and diversify mm-hmm. our food choices and options and elevate our food choices and options. And so we have some really exciting announcements that are going to be coming out in the very near future for some really nice restaurants coming to our town uh, uh, in spite of COVID. And, and, it, uh, um, and um, they're seeing that investing in our community is going to be worthwhile for them. And I know our residents are going to respond and go there and frequent them and, mm-hmm. and make them wildly successful.
Well, it's exciting to hear all the momentum and just your own enthusiasm about what's happening at the city of Eastville. But I did kind of starting to close out our time. I wanted to ask if you could describe the city in one word, what would it be and why? I would say elevating. We are elevating right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we're elevating our services. We're elevating our businesses. We're elevating our destination Eastville. Um, and um, that there's a lot of great things that are happening, both in our social infrastructure in our community with nonprofits like Move Through Motivation and our Kiwanis group and our uh, Rotary group and our faith-based groups and our our volunteer groups that are in our city, our community-wide cleanups. Uh, it, it was really fun to, for us to do community-wide cleanups on Martin Luther King uh, Jr. weekend and President's weekend, and then start seeing other cities embrace that idea and really clean up Riverside County and clean up our communities and, and, and give some pride. And it was amazing how much people wanted to serve their communities mm-hmm. when you the opportunity. And so I think elevating is the right word for Eastville right now. Yeah, I would agree. Especially given all that we've learned today during the podcast. Well, um, as a final, very last question, I know you have quite the friendship or long lasting friendship history with Chris Gray, our deputy executive director. So he told me to ask this question, but on a scale of one to 10, how much better is your life from knowing Chris Gray? Oh, it's definitely a 10. (laughs) I've known Chris Gray when we... I was working for the company that he started with on November 15th. And the email came out to all of us saying, welcome Chris Gray to the company. Uh, um, and so uh, Chris Gray is a, a, a very uh, articulate, smart, wise, and strategic individual. And, and I always enjoy our conversations and, and his very witty, sometimes dry humor. Uh, um, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> uh, so sometimes. Uh, um, and his umbrella drinks. And so ask him about his umbrella drinks. Um, <laughs> Awesome. I have more things to learn about. But anyways, thank you so much, Brian, for being on the podcast today. We really appreciate. Do you have any final remarks before we sign off? Rachel, you're always welcome to come out to the city of Eastville and experience it firsthand and, and, and continue the conversation. Thank you for your time this morning. Awesome. Thank you so much. For more information on WRCOG and the COGCAST, please visit our website at www.wrcog.us.